Good morning, Lydia House. Good morning. Good morning to you who are here and to you who are there and there. Glad to be together. This is, this day is called All Hallows Eve. It's been hijacked, so now it becomes Halloween and, and uh, some crazy things happen. But it's a holy day, literally. And then it's followed by All Saints Day. That would be tomorrow where we honor those who have gone before us. And so we remember one, December 7th, who stepped over to the other side. His name is Philip Ludio. Margaret's husband, and so we remember him. We don't pray to him. Some, some choose to pray to those departed. We don't do that because it's not biblical, but we thank God for them. So anyone here, uh, we're going to start in prayer in a minute. Anyone have anyone in this last year that stepped over to uh, sister Anita. your sister Anita? Okay. My mom. Mm. Yeah, Marcy? Uh-huh. Gotcha. Well, we think of Anita today and uh, Tim's mom. We thank you for bringing Tim and Ruth to our church, and they brought people with them. And we remember Phil, Karen's dad, with gratitude to you for the life that he lived, for the way he gave himself and got shot up in Iwo Jima and then went back to Japan as a missionary. So we thank God for that kind of commitment. And uh, we bless this holy day. Yes. We thank you for the saints who have gone before, who are before your throne now, who are worshiping you with us, the lion, the lamb. Lord, you encourage us in your word from Psalm 46. You are our refuge and our strength. And yes, as we were saying, this is a holy day. Lord, in the darkness that we see around us in the physical uh, realm, in the spiritual realm, we're asking that you will send your warring angels and do battle to bring your light to the darkness. You are in charge of this day, and we ask that you would protect all the children, people that are just not walking in your ways, Father, that you would, we pray that you would allow them to see you somehow, that they would just, uh, it would turn their stomachs, whatever is happening, that they would just turn to you and say, I want you, Lord. Who are you? And uh, so turn this day around to uh, be your holy day, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we welcome Chris into our congregation. I'll call you up later, uh, Chris, but we're glad to have Chris with us. And Sarah, I met her when uh, they were doing this Bible thing, memorization, with our grandkids, so we came to see our grandkids, and we met Sarah, and we're going to get together soon, and daughter Victoria, nice to have you with us today, yeah. All right, thank you, Paul. 
Uh, just a couple quick announcements today. The offering box is back there on that little shelf along with a sign-up sheet for email. If you want to get exactly one email a week from us, uh, please sign up for that. Uh, the tech team is going to be having a meeting for current and interested people. So if you're interested in helping out uh, on Sunday mornings with maybe sound or video or something like that, uh, we can always use help. It would be nice to give those folks a break because people like Tim and CJ and Ruth give it all every week, week after week, which we really appreciate, by the way. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ruth. And thank you, CJ. You never see CJ because CJ's in the cave back there. But he is still real. He's a still real person. He's over there. And, and he comes early every every Sunday and has things ready yep, for us. He's almost always the first one here. So. Hey, CJ, put a, put a photo of yourself up. <laughs> yeah, we should get a virtual CJ to, <laughs> to put up there. So uh, say hi and thanks to him when you see him at lunch. There will be lunch. Yeah. Yay. Spoilers. Lunch Yay. after the service today. If you didn't bring any food, please stay anyway. It's a Minnesota potluck. There will be food. <laughs> so we'd love for you to join us for as long as you are able. Also, this coming Tuesday is uh, our every other week prayer meeting. So 1030 at that table back there. If you're able to come join us in prayer, that would be great. And I'll, I'll be bringing somebody to that uh, who used to direct the work of International Ministerial Fellowship. He'll right. be here with the present director. So Awesome. Yeah. I know those guys. Good guys. Um, and... Just one other interesting thing about today, which a lot of you know, but because it was a church holiday and has been for a long time, October 31st, day before All Saints Day, right. uh, there was a guy 500 years ago that did a thing <laughs> with yeah. some stuff. Okay. Come Remember on, that? ML. Martin Luther, 500 years ago, this monk nailed 95 theses or 95 statements on the door saying, these are all the things that are wrong with the church compared to the Bible. Let's believe the Bible. And people disagreed and tried to kill him. And Andrew this morning is like, we got to nail 95 theses on the door. <laughs> and I hadn't forgot about it, but I, I had not planned to do that. And afterwards, I would have been like, oh. I'm super nerdy. I like doing things like this. So my nerdy son said, let's do it. So that's why that thing was taped to the door on your way in today. Oh. It was in Latin, so I'm assuming you all read them all. Um, we got here too early. There, there is an English copy back there. The oh. writing is really small. It would be interesting <laughs> to know how many of those 95 the Reformation actually dealt with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Almost all of them. And it successfully dealt with many of them. Not quite all. There's but some then the there, counter did dealt some with some. that we're still working on, I would, I would say. Yeah. But the Counter-Reformation took care of a few things, too. Yeah. Like, we're still working on the concept of the priesthood of all believers. A lot of churches still think that the person up front, who's usually a man, he's like the priest, and we're like the people, and we hire him to do holy stuff so we don't have to. And that's, you know, Mar that was the whole point of the Reformation. Martin Luther's like, no, we're all equally priests. Some are just called to lead, and others are called not to. And, but we're all the same. There's, there's no priesthood anymore. I could literally Come preach on. multiple sermons Come on, on the Reformation, so I'll stop myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Paul, why don't you lead us in some prayers as we prepare our hearts for worship? And I want to pray first with Chris, because Chris, come up here, please. Thank you. I asked him if I could do this, and he said yes, so I'm going to do it. Where have you been the last few weeks before you got uh, where you are now? Um, Washington. Okay. And... Um, how is your life going? According to me or according to God? How do you, however you want to do it. Here, you can hold this. How, how, are, how is it going? It's going great. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. 
you're, you're happy to be out, out from the jails too. Yes, uh, yes, yes. He spent a little time inside and uh, where for recreation he would go steal something and he was telling us that uh, uh, in the men's group and I asked him if I could talk to him up here and he said sure and I see the joy that God has given him and the peace uh, doesn't know his dad his mom uh, they're trying to be reconciled but that's broken so out of brokenness he is he is doing just wonderfully he shines with the light of Christ and so uh, I want to pray for Chris as he, as he, uh, and I and I thank God for Tim and Ruth who who take in, and um, make them part of the family. People like Chris and give them a home, give them a place, and uh, their their house. They got rid of their kids finally, and then and then they got they got others coming in. So so. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you, Father, for bringing Chris to us today. We thank you uh, for his testimony that he is now being used to talk to others about Jesus. He shared one testimony uh, that he, uh, he pulled out his Bible. And wh- wh- where were you sitting? You were sitting at a, where were you? Yeah, okay. So how this came about was pretty diff- like different in my, in my perspective because out of the whole plane, there's probably a couple hundred people on this plane. It's it's a it's a Boeing 747, so it's pretty big. My my row is the only row that only one person is sitting in, and this this lady, I don't know. She she come to find out she's she's married and has kids, but she has back problems, and so she asked the flight attendant. She was like, "Hey, can I sit with this this guy back here? There's 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 only one person sitting in that row. Can I sit on the end?" And she's like, "Yeah." And so before they took off, the flight attendant was like, you can move now. And, and so she was, you can feel uh, someone's energy, okay? Let me make that real. You can feel someone's energy. She was so nervous. She was like talking like out of random. She was like, yeah, my daughter just moved to New York. She's going to school there. And then I have another daughter that's going to, to Washington State and blah, 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 and this and that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, thank you for sharing. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more safer that you're like co- coherent you know because I was like okay well you know like because because I'm not really like a new person I, I I'm a little standoffish because I, I just grew up that way you know I'm not I'm not I'm I'm openly talkative but to other like someone coming up to me openly talkative I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going and going and going but I pull out my bible and she's like what are you reading and I was like well if you have a minute can I explain it to you Normally, someone would be someone would say a Bible. Well, not me, because right there on the back of the wall it says, "And make disciples of all nations." So plant that seed, and and the Lord's gonna create something out of it. Hopefully, right? Amen. Um, so I'm like, well, if you got a minute, let me explain. And I'm reading Matthew four at the time. That's kind of a hard one to understand if you're not, you know, in your Bible every day. And she's like, I don't know what this means. And I'm like, awesome. Can we pray about it? So. We prayed and we talked, and by the end of the day, she's like, I'm going to check into that again. Me being a space case that I am, I'm like, I should have been like, well, can I get a number? Like, do you have a number? But asking the lady her number is just kind of weird. So (laughs) I was like, well, we'll just see what this is 
going to lead to. So I was able to share God, my testimony, and, and I was able to share what God was doing through me, even though the, the situation and the time and space that my head was in was not ideal. So it, it, it's, it's really a blessing that how God works his, his ministry, his, 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 I'm, I'm drawing, a, I'm drawing a blank, but his, 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 his higher realm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's just like an amazing story that I had to share. Love it. Love it. Now, now aim your hand toward him. Father, we thank you for Chris. We, we, we thank you for where he has come. We thank you for where he stands. We thank you that he's solid in Jesus. We thank you that he is sharing now the good news that you have given to him. And so we bless him in the days ahead. We bless him that he will reach out to people that we may not be able to reach out to, but you're going to use him to bless us and to bless many. And we pray that we would see from him and learn that we can all do the same thing, that, uh, that you are on our, in our hearts and on our lips in these days. Bless you, Larry. Uh, <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry, Larry. So, so anybody else that we need to be praying for? Anyone here that has... We don't see Janice back. She's missed two Sundays now. She's better. Anybody else that we need to be praying for? Yeah. Just real quick. Um, uh, you see Chris and, and the way he has it together. I mean, he's like, he looks like, seems like he's been a Christian forever. Um, but where he is at now is the result of uh, some pretty interesting mentoring and ministry by one of our church missionaries who's currently in prison where, where Chris found himself. And, and, and that's Larry Williams. And Larry and Chris found themselves rooming together okay. at the very beginning of a COVID lockdown mm -hmm. for eight months. And Larry went through firm foundations and experiencing God wow. and firm foundations wow. or uh, 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 self-confrontation. And we're excited to sort of keep that up. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's what that's what you see here today is the result of, of that ministry. And who you have living at your house now? Rafik's going to be moving in soon. Um, I have we have Chris, uh, and we just got a, a new renter on the apartment. A man you can be praying for. His name is Kojo. He's from Africa. So okay. yeah. Okay. And soon to be another Larry disciple in the spring. Robert. Okay. Wonderful. Um, nice to see Bob and Rhea. Hi. Laura had a, well, Laura had her hand up. Oh, Lo yeah. Okay. What is it that we're praying for? Respiratory. Okay. We bless Steve. We thank you for him. We pray that you would bring healing in Jesus' name. We speak healing into his chest. We thank you for our brother who is so free about sharing the good news of Jesus. And his testimony from last week really blessed me. And so uh, we want him back soon. And Gideon, did you have something to, to share? Okay. Uh, 
This is something about a type of treasure. Now, it's not the treasure in here. I need to get this open first. <laughs> okay. What did you want to say about the treasure? Did you want to say something about the treasure? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's not the treasure in here that counts. It's the treasure in God. God is the treasure that you've been looking for all your days when you, like, wanted something like this. God is what you were looking for, what you should have been looking for. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. You want to do the prayers? Any other prayers? Maybe confession and. Okay. So, how, uh, as far as healing, how are we? How are, uh, how are you guys doing? Your family. All right, things back to back to norm, the good norm. Okay, let's prepare a heart to worship. Just take a moment of silence, and just uh, see if there's anything that needs to be corrected in your heart. Any thoughts? Any any words spoken too quickly? Any attitudes? Father, clean us out. We empty ourselves. We give ourselves to you. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Yes. And so we're sorry for any unkind words, any unkind actions. We thank you that through the blood of Jesus we can enter in. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Stand and greet somebody close to you, and then you can stay standing or you can be seated during the time of worship. Meet, meet somebody.
Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. And you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.
thinking, I've believe you're working all things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven, God, I receive your vision. I still believe you're working all things for good. Come alive in the name of Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Let's all just close our eyes as we're in this attitude of worship. I want you to just picture yourself in the throne room of God in heaven. And the Lord is seated on his throne. And you're on your knees. And you've laid down your crowns before the king. And I want you to just pour out to him what is on your heart to say. Whatever that is, you can say it or sing it in a tongue, say it or sing it in English. Nobody else is listening to what you're doing. Let's take a minute just to pour out, pour out our heart to the Lord. Sometimes we're tempted to believe Romans 8:28 says some things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 either an exaggeration or it's absolutely true. All things so I pray for the things, Father, that people are going through that when they have a difficult time saying, this is included. I pray that you would show us how mighty you are to take those things that look dark to us and turn them to light. Those things that look impossible and you make them happen. We thank you for Chris's testimony, where he is today after being where he was for many months. We thank you that you have changed him, you renewed him, you do the same for us day by day. Our hearts are being renewed day by day. We thank you for that.
and if you want you can continue to picture yourself in the throne room of God or you can picture yourself here where you are physically but let's try our best to grow in worship as we've been doing the last few months to keep our focus on God keep our attention on him and let everything else go and praise him for for all that he is thank you Lord be lifted high be lifted high for your glory be lifted high be lifted high be lifted high for your glory be lifted high. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. For your glory. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. For your glory. Be lifted high. You're the king of all the ages. You're the king of all the ages. You're the author of salvation. You're the reason why we're singing for your glory. Lord, release the sound of heaven. Let it rise in every nation. We will join the anthem singing. Be lifted high. Be lifted high for your glory. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Be lifted high for your glory. Be lifted high. You're the everlasting Father. You're the everlasting Father. You're the all-consuming fire. You're the reason why we're living for your glory. We release the generation, calling down the reign of heaven. We will join the anthem singing for your glory. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. For your glory. Be lifted high, be lifted high, be lifted high, for your glory, be lifted high, be lifted high, be lifted high, for your glory, be lifted high. Be lifted high, be lifted high, for your glory, be lifted high, be lifted high, be lifted high, higher and higher, Lord, be lifted
that we were praying in the spirit I was during this time and I felt the Lord hearing our cries as we're just crying out to him and I felt also that we should be praying more and more for the persecuted church thinking that and knowing that they are suffering and I was reading a, a scripture uh, yesterday 
knowing that the suffering that we are having is really nothing compared to what our brothers and sisters throughout the world are, are suffering. And Jesus, you're the one that's acquainted with all of this. But Father, I pray, especially I, I thought of um, uh, China and how they're trying to aggravate Taiwan and, and eventually, the, I just pray for protection for the uh, Chinese um, Christians that are there and for Taiwan and for Japan. Lord, that you would protect the nations, Lord. Lord, all that are uh, Christians that are suffering and um, we really have no idea, but you do, In Jesus' name. exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And Lord, we ask you to loose your ministering spirits. Lord, your ministering spirits to the heirs, to the heirs of the saints. In Jesus' name, go forth in your power and in your might and in your glory. In Jesus' name. Anyone else have a word they feel is from the Lord? Scripture says that when you pray with them, you're, you're as if you're in prison with them, That's literally right. in prison That's with right. them. That's right. So we're connected to those people who are suffering. We're connected to those in Afghanistan, in Nigeria, in, in North Korea, in Myanmar, in uh, India, China, uh, Colombia. We stand with them, and we are with them in spirit, and pray that they would hold on to the faith regardless. We thank you for their testimony. You sing one more song. This is a prayer. It's called I Surrender, and I encourage you to do this, to surrender yourself to God as we sing this song. We've been talking about peace and how to live in peace instead of stress and surrendering to God is an important component of it. Here I am down on my knees again surrendering all surrendering all and find me Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you, desperate for you, and I surrender, I surrender, I want to know you more, I want to know you I surrender, I surrender, I want to know you more, I want to know you more, dream. 
quench my soul as mercy and grace unfold a hunger and thirst a hunger and thirst with arms stretched wide i know you hear my cry speak to me now speak to me now I surrender, I surrender, I want to know you more, I want to know you more, I surrender, I surrender, I want to know you I want to know you more.
just to listen. have something they feel is from the Lord for the group? I saw that sword again, that sword that's on fire, that's going horizontally through, that's, that's going horizontally through our country. And uh, this, this time when I saw the sword, it was as if the Lord was encouraging us keep going. You're going in the right direction. Keep looking at me. Keep thanking me. Keep doing warfare. Keep going. It's making a difference. It's causing things to happen. It's making a difference. Maybe we can't see it. Just like it seems like we see evil more than we see good. But he's saying it's making a difference. I, I have something here. Uh, a word that the Lord gave me this week from Psalm 130. Uh, if anyone has been struggling over a long period of time with um, waiting for the Lord or disappointment with God, and um, uh, the psalmist writes, uh, from the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I put my hope in his word, and I long for the Lord more than the centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than the centuries long for the dawn. And um, so in the midst of the night, in the midst of the storms, we need to wait for him, but to long for him like uh, the wean child does. Not so much what he's going to give us, but to surrender and uh, and uh, give everything to him. And uh, so uh, may he uh, encourage us as we seek him that he's got our heart's desires there. 
and that he's going to answer them in his timing if he's given us his word specifically on, on these things. So, amen. Yeah, Lord, we, we wait for you. Yeah. We wait for you, uh, even though it's the long night in, in something that we've been struggling with or waiting for so long. We wait for you like the, the, the night watchman waits for the dawn. We wait for you like the person who's been waiting for healing for years. But, and we wait for you not just because we're so desirous for you to answer our prayer, but for you, for you. We, we want you, Lord. We want you to uh, become our all in all. We want to surrender to you. Help us to do that. Help us to release. And we thank you. Work in, in, in our hearts today. And uh, we love you, Lord. Amen. Today I was very aware, uh, as I'm appreciating and enjoying, loving, uh, worshiping the Lord all together. And you encourage us to do that uh, as a body. But as I heard the guitars playing together, dun, 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 they're very together, together, together. And the word I heard was uh, a scripture we read recently, you know, live in harmony, harmony, okay? Now this, uh, there was harmony, but also as the guitars were playing, they, were work they worked at that. You know, I'm sure it just said, oh, let's just do it. You practiced, you worked at it. And life can be so everyday. We hear that a lot, don't we? You know, life can be so everyday. And do not be surprised by the fiery trials that come upon you. So what's happening in the spiritual realm? So everything we've heard today, we soak it in. We say, thank you, Lord. You know, we're all in this uh, together with the Lord unified and making harmony and working at it. And the vocals were passionate and harmonious, I thought, too. Amen. Yes. Well, thanks to so, thank you. Blake and Steph. Thanks to Andrew and Kaylee. Thanks to Ruth and CJ and Tim doing sound stuff. Appreciate all of you very much. And thank you, Karen. All right. Good morning. Good morning. That's enough of the pleasantries because I got a lot of stuff to say. All right. So last week we talked about the fact that it's God's plan for us not to experience the negative effects of stress or fear or anxiety or worry in our life, ever. It's God's desire for us not to experience the negative effects of those things. And most people, the first time they hear this teaching or even the second time, are like, that's impossible. And I'd say, no, it's not impossible. Because Jesus said, don't allow your hearts to be troubled. That means you cannot allow your heart to be troubled. It's possible. He said, don't be anxious about anything. So it's possible to not be anxious about anything, right? right. God doesn't give us those, and those are all New Testament things. God doesn't say those things and then say, I know you can't do it. I just love messing with you, right? That's not the God I know. Is that the God you know? No, so he wants us to go through life and not experiencing the negative effects of those things. We can't stop the things from happening. We can't stop the circumstances from coming that might be inherently stressful or worrisome or scary. But we can choose to say no to the negative emotional stuff that those things bring. Okay? Not saying emotions are bad, but the negative impact on our heart 
from experiencing stress and worry, anxiety, and fear, and stuff like that, kills us. We talked last time about how just about every major killer in America, disease-wise, uh, is brought on largely by stress. Stress is the most toxic thing in the world. It might be slightly more toxic to jump into a barrel of like nuclear wastewater, but it would only kill you faster. I don't think it's any more toxic. Okay, stress, fear, worry are toxic. That's why the Bible is constantly saying, don't worry. Trust me. Don't worry about anything. Don't have any food for tomorrow, don't worry. That's a big one. That's a tall order, right? By the way, we're in the process of probably next week buying 10 tons of food in Uganda to distribute to the poor. We've done 40 so far this year and doing another 10 more. Um, so praise God for that. We need like $800, but we've raised quite a bit. So there's a lot of people over there who are still hand to mouth because they can't work and all this stuff. I mean, you name it. Like you were saying earlier, Karen, we might have had a tough time here in the last couple of years, but it's been a lot worse in other places, a lot worse. So keep Uganda in your prayers. Um, so showed you this analogy last time. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, we are pressed on all sides, but not crushed. Pressed, but not crushed. So we're going to be one of these two bottles. If we're this one, we're pressed, but we're not crushed, right? It's pressed, but it resists from the inside. If here we are pressed, that's terrible. We are pressed and destroyed, crushed. I won't ask for a show of hands, because I know you would all raise your hands if you were honest. How many have ever felt this way? All of us, at one point or another, right? I'm not saying you're evil if you've allowed yourself to become this way, but I am saying that this is not God's plan, and that he has given you something to make sure that you don't have to end up this way. You don't have to get all bent out of shape about whatever it is. Why is this bottle crushed and this one not? Junior science students. Because there's water in here. The water, the fact that it's filled with water adds pressure. There's pressure from the inside that sort of pushes out as I try to push in. And there's a cap on here to make sure the water stays in there. One time I forgot to do that during this, and it was, it was hilarious to everyone except possibly me, who was wet for the next two hours during the workshop at a conference. Okay. It was worth it. They remembered it. They remembered. They assumed it was intentional, and I think I pretended it was. Because uh, I'm only this humble, not that. Um, okay, so press but not crush. This is the goal, to go through life without experiencing the negative effects of this junk. God doesn't want us to, and we are filled instead with what? Water. Peace, water. Water is a type of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Peace is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So it's a good metaphor. Trust me, it's good. Um, so we're filled with this peace. If we allow ourselves to be filled with this peace, and we control ourselves, this is the self-control to say no to that negative stuff, then we can remain pressed but not crushed. It's a way better way to live than this. This stinks. It's not fun. We've all felt this way before. And we tend to get worse once we get here. Right? And then you can start spiraling. And you're not really any good to anybody around you, um, oftentimes. So this is what we want to get to. The Bible says a joyful heart is like a medicine. And a broken spirit dries up the bones. So this negative stuff, it literally affects us physically. It dries up our bones. But the Holy Spirit is the medicine for that. And so it all comes down to basically John uh, chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Do not allow your hearts to become troubled. My peace I give to you. 
Don't allow your heart to become troubled and don't allow it to be afraid. Slide my little table that some of you will be able to see. So I think of peace. This isn't like a reveal thing. The blanket is my prop. It's a bed. Um, no, this is my prop. To me, peace is like a nice, soft, warm blanket. Anybody want to wrap up in this right now? We, we got it. All right. I'm a sucker for my own children. So. <laughs> snuggly, snuggly. That's what the peace of God to me feels like. It feels like snuggliness. It feels like safety. It feels like a degree of protection. And it just makes me feel good. It just makes me feel good. Stress, the opposite, right? The opposite. And so Jesus allows us this insane transaction that we give him the nastiest stuff we've got in here, and he gives us the best that he has in exchange. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Jesus? Right? And he talks about this a lot. I didn't, for some reason, learn this very much growing up. I heard these verses, I studied the verses, but I didn't realize that I could choose to actually live this way. Um, don't allow your hearts to be troubled, Jesus says. So here's a heart. Just go with me. I spelled it right, at least. So this is your heart. Uh, have you ever heard the phrase, nature abhors a vacuum? Okay, Your heart is probably going to be filled with something all the time. Something pretty fast, because it doesn't like a vacuum. What we do is we tend to say yes to the negative things associated with the problems in our life, and we receive them. And instead of saying, no, I don't allow that to enter my heart, I don't allow my heart to be troubled, I don't allow myself to become afraid, instead of using our self-control like that, like Jesus says, so that we can stay in peace, instead of that, we say yes to all the junk. And it's a habit. Many of us don't realize we can even say no, and we're certainly in the habit of always saying yes, so it just happens automatically. So I got a bag of stuff that uh, tempts my peace to stress me out. Let's see, what do we got? We got this giant sock. I'm not sure who this belongs to. Possibly the cat in the hat. So we, we, measure, we measure laundry by the foot in our house, like how many feet from the floor to here. And when it gets to a point where we can't open the washer, we, we're like, all right, maybe we should shovel some of this. I'm not joking. This is not like funny time. This is our sad lives. And so like sometimes I'll walk by the laundry room, and I'll see the pile, and I am tempted to take a little of that into my heart and say, ah, oh, this place is so messy. I can't handle it. OK. And let's see, what else we got? Um, all right, here's my wallet. There's, there's never enough in there. Has anyone else ever noticed that? There's never enough in your wallet. Whatever it is you need, you tend to need more. Here's my vehicle that is not getting newer, as it turns out. And the brakes are not getting better. And, and things cost money and things break down, vehicles have often in my life been a source of stress or worry or how am I going to pay for this thing. Anybody else? Ever? Ever? All right, here's a, here's a checkbook ledger. You know, sometimes when you do these things and you, you forecast out the next month or two months, however you do your budgets, you think to yourself, oh my goodness. Do you explain what checks are to the younger generation? OK, so checks. <laughs> you know how we just pretend money is worth something? Sometimes you pretend a different piece of paper is worth something, and that's how that works. So, I know. You, you'll never need to do it. Sort of like cursive. You'll never need to do it. 
facts, people. We're giving the facts this morning. So sometimes I'll do this. When we were first married, um, living in government housing right next to the railroad tracks, to that sweet, sweet 2.30 AM horn every time, uh, we would do, I would do this, usually like six months out, and it was in the red every time I did the budget. It, it was like, it wasn't to figure out how much leeway do we have. It was to figure out how much do I have to pray in, OK, literally. And guess who never went hungry or poor, obviously. <laughs> so God was there in that, OK? Um, along the same vein, here's a, here's a bill. Paul, what is this bill? How much is this bill for? A whole lot, like almost 24094 Yeah. So that's not a good bill, <laughs> right? Now, fortunately, insurance paid some of this, uh, so there's only $15,582.74 left, praise God. But when you get these in the mail, I knew it was coming. But I still didn't like opening it. I liked reading it even less. I stared at it for two straight minutes. That comma is in the wrong place, right? Um, anybody ever got a giant bill that was not in the budget for the year? Does that tempt you to maybe stress out? Does that tempt you to get angry? Does that tempt you to get worried? It does to me. So into the heart that went, right? Notice my heart is getting a bit full, full of gross things that it shouldn't be full of. OK, what else we got in here? We got some good stuff. We've got, oh, kids' homework. This never ends. I don't know what the deal is. Three kids in school, right side up at least. Um, I don't know how to spell all these words. That's the bonus. Um, math. What happened to math? Sixth grade math is ridiculous. I'm like, this is how you solve it. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, how, what? How does math change? I don't understand. Anyway, I'm uh, doing sixth grade math now. That's awesome. OK, Ding. are we done with the homework yet? How much homework is there? COVID for three weeks. We missed a lot of school. Are we caught up yet? <sighs> I, sh I should have shown you that. The email, you have tested positive. What a nasty word, positive. Isn't that sad? The word positive has become nasty to me. Um, this might look cute, but it's not, because it represents a calendar, and scheduling is like the bane of our existence. Okay, Three kids. We've got a musical. We've got uh, volleyball. We've got a job. We've got another job. We've got a church. We've got piano lessons. And we've got a lot of homework, as I already said, and all this stuff. And it's just like, dude, wow. It's a lot of stuff. I put 800 miles on my car in the last two weeks. It was all in town. Lots of stuff. And we'll, Sarah and I will sit down to do our schedules. And it's like a, it's like a thing. We, like, we have to pray and sit down and go, Whew. all right, you ready? OK, let's start with November. And then, and then we'll figure stuff out. It is, it's not fun. It's not easy. And every time, that's very tempting to uh, get in here. I'm going to. I'll do one more in a minute. But so this is pretty full at this point, right? I'm not going to make you raise your hands again, because I know you all would. Has anyone ever felt like this? Like your heart is just full of junk, and you're maybe getting a little overwhelmed. Maybe your heart is filled to overflowing with horrible stuff. Your heart is filled to overflowing with stress. And that stress does overflow, doesn't it? to everyone around you. Maybe you start sniping a bit. Or maybe you're super Minnesotan and you just passive aggressively say stuff as they walk by. Or whatever it is. <laughs> Nobody here's ever done that. Um, maybe we have, whatever you think. 
So that was a joke. <laughs> okay. Um, just moving on. So we get like this, right? And so this, this was my pattern in life. I, I would let myself get this way. Um, and then I sort of started to study a specific scripture a bit more, which is 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. I'll let you open to that because you need to memorize this verse, folks, if you don't have it already. I don't, I don't tell you to memorize often. I invite you to. This time I'm telling you to memorize this verse. You need it in your heart. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, therefore. Every statement could begin with that and be accurate. Always start with humility. Surrender. Humble yourself. Life will be 100% more effective if you start with humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. I like that little, like, by the way, the mighty hand of God. If you don't humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, you might get crushed under the mighty hand of God. So sometimes this is serious business. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, not your time, Chris, you were talking about this, not your time, the proper time, God's time, at the proper time, he may exalt you. That sounds like a wonderful thing. So that he may exalt you, may lift you up out of whatever it is that's going on. That's a wonderful thing. And then how do we do that? How do we walk into this thing, this promise that God is giving us? Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's how. Casting all your anxieties. Remember, anxiety, fear, worry, stress. We let our heart accumulate this junk. And God is saying, okay, give me that stuff. Cast it. Cast all of it on him because he cares for you. He actually cares. Don't let yourself get too religious and be like, well, no, I, I don't deserve to cast that on Jesus. I'll just hang on to it and suffer through. It's some sort of weird, like, Scandinavian, like, martyrdom thing. I've seen this many times. That's why I'm mentioning it, okay? No, Jesus says, cast your anxiety on me because I care for you. I actually care. I care about what happens to you. I care about you not feeling this way. This is not my best for you. This is not my plan for you. So cast all your anxieties on him. So I'm going to dump this out. So we cast our anxieties on him. The word cast there means hurl, by the way. I didn't want to hurl because I didn't want to break something. But like, hurl it towards the cross, right? Just get rid of all your anxieties. Now, you might say, well, one of my anxieties is praying for my friend who's sick. Should I just like forget about that? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. We have prayer burdens that we pick up and set down before the Lord all the time. That's fine. I'm talking about the, the negative things that you've let in your heart. Okay, stressing out about your schedule, stressing out about money, worrying about when things are going to get done or if things are going to happen the way you want them to, worrying about that job, worrying about the weird noise that car is now making. <laughs> Letting that stuff in your heart messes you up. Jesus says, cast all that on me. Dump it out. Okay, so step one is hum humble yourself. Step two, empty out your heart. Get rid of this stuff. And then step three is John 14. My peace I give you. You fill your heart up with that piece. Now, my normal way to do this back in college was I'd dump it out and I'd feel great, but then I'd almost instantly have a heart full of junk again. Like a few days, like I, I fasted twice a week during college and usually one of those days I would set aside to cast my anxieties on Jesus because I needed to do that just to stay 
same every week. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of persecution and stuff like that um, when I was in college. And I didn't know there was any other way to live other than filling it up with nasty stuff and dumping it out before Jesus. Filling it up, dumping it out. Now I was happy to be able to dump it out. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, God spoke to me and he said, there is a better way than getting filled up with junk and dumping it out every couple of days. And I said, pray tell. What is the other way? Um, and he spoke to me real slowly over the period of a couple of years and then let me kind of learn it. And then time went by, and he spoke to me about it again deeper. And I learned it deeper at that point. So this is what I learned. Yes, you humble yourself. Yes, you cast all anxieties on him. But then you have to let God fill you up with his peace. Because nature abhors a vacuum. And it's just going to suck all this stuff back in. So you got to fill yourself up with his peace. And then you have to say no when the next thing comes. Because things are always going to come. Life is never going to stop coming at you with stuff. Life is never going to stop squeezing. So you've got to learn to get the cap on the bottle here after you get filled up with peace. That self-control to say, no, I will not allow my heart to be troubled over this. Do I like this situation? Of course not. I'm not a, you know, whatever. But I, and I can't stop the situation from happening. I can't make it go away. I, I'll ask God if he's willing to rescue me from it, but he probably isn't going to. It's life. We need to walk through it. But God will be with you, and you don't have to be affected inside. This is where the Holy Spirit lives. This is his house. He doesn't like this stuff in his house. Right? Let's not fill it with garbage. And so we instead need to fill it with peace. Kaylee, can I have my peace back? Sorry, I know you, I know you loved it so much. So we ask God to fill us up with his peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. So it's already ours. It's already yours. You have peace. Just ask the Holy Spirit within you. This is how I picture it. I'm a very visual person. Ask the Holy Spirit within you to breathe out and just fill you with his peace. That's how I picture it. And so you ask him to fill you with his peace, and he does. And if you keep doing that, he will keep filling you with peace, and he'll give you more and more and more, and he'll give you as much as you can take. And as it turns out, God being infinite, the amount of peace you can hold is substantial because God lives within you. And so if you allow yourself to, and if this bucket will cooperate, you can, you can get all the peace you would ever possibly need crammed into your heart. Okay? And this is God's will for you. This is God's will for you. Full. Full of him. His presence. His peace. And I have learned over many years of doing this that when your heart is full like this and just full of the Holy Spirit, the other gifts of the Spirit come more quickly. It's easier to say no to temptation. It's easier to help other people because the, you hear God more regularly and a little simp more simply because you're not distracted by all the garbage that's in there. But, so you get filled up with his peace. That's step two. But step four is to keep saying no because the problem is, this is not a dig against the twins, um, the problem is life keeps coming at you, though the twins stink and that ruins, no. Um, this, this, for some of you, maybe that's what it is. Uh, no, uh, this represents dishes. You know, we got these at the game and we use them as dishes. So I'm one of those people who, when the house is in disarray, which it became this week because we were just too busy to do anything, it, it is one of the biggest things that I let stre stress me out. And I just have this like aura of stress if the house is too messy and I can't do anything about it. I don't know why, I'm just like that. And so if I'm not careful, and my, my kids can confirm this, I will let this come in. And the problem is it displaces. It's got to make room for itself, right? And I'm letting this in. This is my, I'm doing this of my own volition. 
I'm dumping out peace, and maybe I still have some peace left, but these darn dishes are taking up a whole lot of room in my heart. Now, how silly is this? And it looks silly. It sort of looks like a cape, actually. But, but it's, not, it's not good. It's not right. God doesn't want a, us to give this much of our heart over to something silly or something big, right? But for some reason, the silly thing is what I let happen. I let this happen, like, regularly. And the Holy Spirit will be like, Nate. Be like, what? I have to clean this house. Don't bother me, right? And he's like, or, you know, yeah, yeah, you clean the house. But maybe while you clean the house, you can give me all the garbage you've let into your soul about the fact that the house wasn't clean. Maybe pray in tongues while you clean or sing a praise song instead. And so I, I'm a slow student, um, but I am learning. But the thing is, even once you master this, oops, see, they're everywhere. Stuff's just so messy. Even when you learn how to do this, it doesn't mean you have to stop saying no to stuff. Until like five minutes after you get to heaven, you're going to have to do this with your life. You're going to have to say no to the negative effects of the stuff that comes at you. Again, you can't stop yourself from getting fired. You can't stop the car from dying. You can't stop whatever it is from happening. You can't stop those circumstances. But when they say, hey, this is really going to stink. You want to put this in your heart and whine to your friends about how much this stinks? Complain? Complaining is a sign that you don't trust God. Did you know that? Israelites in the wilderness, they all died because they kept complaining. True story, that's word for word in there. They all died in the wilderness because they kept complaining, because complaining is a sign of worry. They didn't trust God, they worried about everything. And maybe it's easy to judge them, but maybe if all you got was manna in the morning and an occasional bird, you would whine too, especially in the desert where it's hot. You don't have new shoes. So, so don't be too quick to judge. We've all been there. We need to trust instead of worry. If, you're, if you find yourself complaining, that's like a ding, ding, ding. Oh, hang on. What am I not trusting God about right now? Why am I complaining? Or just feeling like complaining and whining. In what area am I not trusting God? Do I not think God's going to come through in this situation? Do I not think God cares about my finances? What's the problem here? And ask the Holy Spirit to show you. He loves to do that, by the way. The Holy Spirit loves to show you what's going on. And then Jesus says, cast all your anxieties on me because I care for you. I actually do. I actually want what's best for you. God is awesome. So we need to humble ourselves. We need to cast all our anxieties on him. We need to be filled with his peace. And then we need to say no to the next stuff that comes. And eventually we'll mess up and we'll realize our heart is full of junk again. We'll be like, ah, how did I let this happen? I didn't even realize it. Okay, no problem. God's not going to be like, you messed it up. Hell for you. No. <laughs> you know, that's not our God, folks. Not our God at all. He's going to be like, okay, so what do you do? You humble yourself. You cast that stuff on me. I will gladly take it. And here, have some of my nice, warm, cuddly peace instead, which is a great exchange. And now... Now, tomorrow when you wake up and the problem is still there, don't say yes to tomorrow morning like you did this morning. And tomorrow afternoon, when you have to face the problem, don't start saying yes to that junk then either. No, it's outside of you. Outside of you, where God rules. So don't allow your heart to be troubled. It's easier said than done, because we have set up 
a habit, and we probably don't even realize it. That's what habits often do. You don't realize you're intentionally doing them. Has anyone ever been driving somewhere? And then you sort of like, you didn't fall asleep, but all of a sudden you're like, how am I halfway there? <laughs> Anybody? Right? You were paying attention. Your eyes were working. But you're so used to going that way or doing that thing that the cognitive part of your brain sort of checked out to think about something else for a minute. The rest of your brain was paying attention to driving. That's fine. Um, overall, that's not a safe way to go, I would say. Um, but we've all done that, right? Kind of, been, kind of been distracted. That's a habit. It's a habit. When you do something over and over again, it changes the physical construction of your brain, and it creates something habitual. And so to stop doing that, you need to get rid of that bad habit, which can be done in about a month, according to just about every expert on the subject. You can get rid of a bad habit in just a month, unless it's chemical, that, that different, okay? Or trauma, that's different too. Those things take more time. Um, but otherwise, regular bad habits in life, you can get rid of in a month if you replace it with a better habit. So what we need to get used to doing is asking the Holy Spirit to please give us a tap on the shoulder when we need to be, hey, this is what you just did. You just said yes after that phone call. Oh, right. Okay. I'm sorry, God. Here, take all this stuff. Help me say no next time. And when I first started doing this, I, I, I had to, it was like 20 times a day. No joke. 20 times a day, God was like, tap, tap, tap. You did it again. What? Oh, yeah, right. Five minutes later, tap, tap, tap. Still did it. You just didn't do it, and then you, took, you gave it to me and took it right back. I don't even think you fully let go. So in here, God, I'm giving you this. Just kidding, I want it. We're weird creatures. We are weird creatures. As a dog returns to its vomit, so the foolish man goes back to his folly. Proverbs. We do that. We do it all the time. And so, but the Holy Spirit will help teach us. The Holy Spirit will help teach us so that we learn. So ask him. Ask him to help you. Ask him to tap you on the shoulder and be like, okay, nope, you said yes to something. Let that go. Let that go. Fill yourself with my peace. And as you do that, it'll start get, get better in a few days, a few more days, a few more days. After a month, your life will be changed, period. And I could ask for a few testimonies, but we don't exactly have time this morning for this because I know some people have gone through this before. But it will change your life if you learn how to do this. It'll allow you to learn how to walk by the Spirit day to day. It'll be much easier to get from Sunday to Sunday, for example. Um, it'll be much easier to get yourself out of emotional problems, mental issues, struggles, things you're worried about, because you're filled up with his peace. We'll talk a little bit more next week about how peace is intended to help us, to help guard us. It says the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and your minds. We're going to talk about that a little more uh, next week. First, I want to pause and pray um, and do what we just talked about. Okay? So I'd like you to close your eyes. And I'm sure you can readily think of a couple things that are maybe stressing you out right now, a couple things that you've allowed yourself to get upset about, worried about, afraid of. <coughs> I want you to cast those on Jesus. Just imagine yourself giving them over to him. I picture myself walking up to the foot of the cross, and I just dump everything out, and then I step away from the pile. Another visual, you can breathe out real slowly, and that's like breathing out all the nasty stuff, and then you can breathe in real slowly. I love this one because I imagine myself literally breathing out all the stuff in my heart, in my soul that I've let in, and breathing in 
the Holy Spirit. And as I feel my chest expand and stretch, I, I, I picture myself being filled with the Spirit of God, being filled with his peace. So go ahead and breathe out. Breathe in. Do that a couple times. Give the Lord your anxiety and receive his peace. And this will get easier and go better the more you do it. And as it becomes a habit for you um, to let go of these things and cast them on Jesus, pretty soon you'll probably be able to tangibly be like, yes, there it is. There, it's leaving. I, I'm starting to feel better. And pretty soon it'll become a habit, and you're going to be able to do this. And if you find there's something in your heart, you can dump it. It's done in seconds. But again, like with everything, if you haven't done it before, <laughs> You cast all your anxieties on Jesus, and you just take it by faith at first, probably. Take it by faith that he took them. But you keep doing it. You keep practicing. And as with any other skill, the more you practice well, the better you'll get. So Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us learn how to live in your peace. And anyone who wants to pray this prayer, just join me in your heart. Father God, we want to learn how to do this. And so I ask you, Holy Spirit, to tap me on the shoulder when I say yes to something that's not of you, when I let some negativity into my heart, the place that your Holy Spirit resides. Help me not to toss garbage and toxic junk into the house of the Lord, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to say yes to that stuff. And so help me. Tap me on the shoulder and say, that's that thing you just did? That's what it was. That thing you just did is you said yes to that stuff. Oh. And then you humble yourself and you give it up. And you let it go. And Holy Spirit, I know that you are going to help us do this. So for anyone who wants to join me and do this over the next week, we ask you to do that, Holy Spirit. Help us learn how to cast our anxieties on you. Help us learn how to receive your peace and walk in it and say no so that we can obey your word that says, don't allow your heart to be troubled. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you guys are going to go through this week now. You've got the peace of Christ in you. And you're going to try to keep it there. And whenever you start doing something like this and walking into that, there will be challenges to your peace, right? You finally got it, you're filled with peace, and there's going to be challenges. They're not going to stop. And sometimes, when... Actually, I don't want to go there. Um, sometimes those challenges are difficult, and they're right away. And so I'm going to give you an example of one. Uh, we didn't know about this when I planned to give this series. But we have something to announce that might be a challenge uh, to your peace. Paul, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Steve Galstead and his wife, Rhea. No, right. Right. Rye, yeah, Rye Shaw, are close friends. He graduated from the seminary I started in uh, 2001, and we've been close since then. He did not know when we had our last Sunday at the ranch that we were going to be without a place because we'd been there since 2010. 
And he said to me, Paul, if you ever need a place, you've got one. You've got the red barn. Do you know how much we pay for this? One dollar a month. And we've had it since the last Sunday in April, I think, or May. Exactly six months. Six months. Okay. And this has been a wonderful home. They told me about two weeks ago that they're going to sell this. And so, uh, and I know the realtor. His name is Gabriel Anderson. <laughs> so I know him very well. And they're putting it up for sale. So we are saying, God, what is your plan for us now? He provided for us last time, but I don't know if he'll do it again. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, we just heard about it. We trust, so, trust. Yeah, we don't, have to, we don't have to worry because he's got an idea for us. He's got a plan for us. And we're just going to wait. They said it will take them at least a month, maybe two. So we may be in here for November and December, at least for November and maybe December. So as we do, we're praying for God to show us the next step. We've got some thoughts. We've got things that we're maybe thinking about. You can pray with us. If you get a thought, share it with us. Why don't you lead us in prayer right now? No. So we, we just heard something that could be a challenge to our peace, especially those of us who really have come to love the Red Barn, as I have. And so it, I'll admit it was a little bit of a blow when I first heard about it. I'm like, man, really? We just got here, and I love this place. That's kind of sad. Um, so let's not let the, the negative stuff associated with that enter into our hearts. Let's choose to say no and give that to the Lord and to trust him for what comes next. So, Paul, do you want to lead us in that? I love that phrase, let not your heart be troubled. That's what Jesus said, let it not. So, Father, we're, we're excited about the plan that you have for us. And we're going to wait on you for what's next. And you're, you cared for us wonderfully, and you gave us this, and it's been a wonderful home for us for six months. And so we're looking to you for what your next plan is for us. Thank you for this message today that uh, allows us to let go of the things that have stressed us and caused us to lose our peace. So we take your peace for this matter in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Does anybody have any questions about that? I know you just heard about it, so it's probably hard to respond. Any, anybody have a question or thought about it? Go for it. I just have a comment, though. It's that word, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, seems to really help me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes we don't even know. Our thoughts are just making all that trash come into our hearts, so... Yep. I think we have to recognize our thoughts. Yes. You know, and then that's like you said, you know, the the bills come in. The I sometimes I don't even know what I'm what I'm stressed about, you know. Mm -hmm. So we have to really realize those thoughts that come in and just recognize them and throw them out. 
That's Take right. every thought captive yep. to the obedience of Christ. And that's, I think that's part of that self-control too. So whether it's, whether you're the kind of person who it more affects your heart more on an emotional level or more the, um, it affects your brain. You can't get, can't stop thinking about it or whatever it is. Either way, it takes self-control to deal with that because you don't need to stand for either of those. Well, and I think a lot of the thoughts that come in are not our thoughts. Yes, yeah, I mean, honestly, I can't control sometimes the thoughts that come in, but you can control the thoughts that go out. You can say no to them. Yep. You can recognize them. Like that's what it means to take captive is to recognize them and then throw yep. them out. Exactly. You know, just throw them out. That's not from God. Those are not your thoughts. You you shouldn't like I, often I think um, I, you know, I think, oh, my gosh, they're my thoughts. But they're not. You can throw them out easily, you know, and just not yep. let them dwell, dwell in them and put them into your heart. So since it's Reformation Day, I'll quote Martin Luther, who said, I can't stop the birds flying over my head, but I can keep them from making a nest in my hair. So he was speaking specifically about lust in that instance. But it's true for all that stuff, all those thoughts. Uh, we take them captive and put them in jail in our head and make them obey Jesus Christ. We don't build them a nest Amen. so that they can do their work. That's, that's letting them into our heart, right? It's the same. same we thing. could also rec um, have wisdom from the Lord and recognize our triggers, like the, mm -hmm. the house being that yep. way. So, you know, in that way, we're, we're understanding they're gonna, things are going to come, but prepare our hearts ahead so that we don't get triggered when that happens to cast all of our anxieties. Absolutely, that. absolutely. So maybe uh, I, I know a brother who um, airline travel really stressed him out, and he did his best to give it over to God, and, and it improved, but it never really went away. He had this, like, kind of, he can't control it anxiety, clinical anxiety about flying and about traveling and the whole deal, the whole deal. And so he started going to the airport like five or six hours early. So that even if, uh, you know, the TSA line was insane, or even if he couldn't find his plane, or even if the plane moved, or, or what, no matter what happened, he would have enough time. And that really helped him. And the first time he shared it, he's like, some of you might judge me and be like, well, if you really had faith, you wouldn't need to do that, would you? And he's like, probably, but I guess I'm not there yet. So what I found is I can just be wise, show up early, and then the stress doesn't happen. It doesn't damage my peace, and I'm able to show up and speak or do whatever I'm doing still full of the peace of God and not like with bit-down nails or whatever. One more thing is patience and grace with each other when you live in community, what people's triggers are. Because we poo-poo people who will get to the airport four hours early because a lot of people will try to get their, you know, the time it exactly. You know, Terminal 2 on Monday morning is busy, but, and, and you know, uh, and we need to have grace mm -hmm. and respect and pray for the people around us who we know in the, what their weaknesses are and their triggers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I may have occasionally said something like that to my children. You know that drives them crazy. So if you choose to do it, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Snicker, snicker. It's fun to do, so I'll do it anyway. Um, anybody else have any questions on most likely moving in the next few weeks? Two we know not where? Yeah? Um, well, it's, it's, it's zoned for a church. It's zoned for a church. So um, a nonprofit is what it's zoned for. But I mean, is it a lot or is it a building? 
It's a lot. It's a, they own the lot as well. So that that that's yeah, that's a that's a city that's a city council issue. So so the answer is right now it's zoned residential or uh, commercial. You for a nonprofit you couldn't build houses on it. But it would be very easily easy for a developer to be like, hey city council, I want to buy this land and put houses on it instead. Can you change it? Usually it's very easy to get a zone changed from church use to housing because that means the county now gets a bunch of money because churches do not pay. Property tax, right? Councils love that. What, you're going to knock this over and put up four condos? That's a lot of money. Let me think about it, yes. <laughs> so someone could buy this for the desire to knock this over and develop the land, either soon or late. Um, obviously, there's a chance. In the natural, it's a very small chance, but God can do anything. There's a chance that whoever does buy it isn't going to do anything with the building right away. You know, and maybe we could still be here. So as, as soon as there's a purchase agreement, we'll talk to the new, new owners and see where it's at. You know, in the natural, that's a very unlikely scenario, but God can do anything. Um, the, the reason we're not purchasing the building is because we don't have the money to do it. Our income is way too low to get a mortgage. Um, so so purging, purchasing it is not an option. <laughs> if someone were to purchase it as an investment and then not do anything with it right away, you know, and maybe let us stay here, that would be an option. But. Steve, uh, Steve wasn't open to uh, carrying the paper and just uh, making a payment? I don't know. Oh. Paul talked to him, so. We didn't talk. Well, the fact that we're paying a buck a month is a real selling point, right? <laughs> right. I'm sure any new landlord would love to get the dollar a month tenant. It'd be a, be a big deal. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. Yep, we'll keep you posted um, as we go on what that is. But try not to worry about it. But we would uh, appreciate your prayers, prayers. And if you get you know, anything from God that you want to share, please do. You know, God can speak to all of you just as easily as he speaks to us. So we'd love to hear from you, John. Um, did, you, did you talk to Gideon before the service? No. You didn't? OK. Um, I would contend that the more stuff we have, the more anxiety there is. Mm -hmm. and, Sometimes we forget it's not a suggestion. Do not lay treasure up on the earth. It's kind of a, that's, that's a pretty strong command. And uh, um, I think we forget that. And uh, especially in this country, we have a lot of stuff. And I think that kind of runs us to sometimes. It controls our lives. And um, there's more burden than pleasure maybe from that. So, yeah. So Anyhow, uh, in short, Gideon was right, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, Go Gideon. God, God set that up really great. All right, uh, let me give you the benediction and pray for our lunch. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Father, we thank you for the food that we are about to receive. We thank you for the many hands that prepared it for us. Pray that you bless this time of food and fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.